That's Carlos, isn't it? Oh, you look familiar. You look, you look, yeah. You're even better looking than you were the last time you were here. I think that's what it is. Yeah, we just didn't recognize you. But you come. Come here for just, the rest of you can be seated. Appreciate this young man. He just spent some time in the armed forces, and we appreciate his service, don't we? But he's come home, Mom. Have him sign a 30-year contract. Whatever it is, you just get him to sign it. Praise God, because we like this guy. But you got a few words for us? Um, Give us a new testament. <laughs> uh, I'd like to thank everyone, honestly. You guys have always been a big part of my life, especially when I was in a very difficult time. Um, I want to give thanks to my mom. She's my rock. And um, if it wasn't for her getting baptized in this church, I wouldn't be the man I am, I am today. And I'm very grateful for that. So I'd like to be very grateful to everyone for whoever I've talked to and the people I've met. You guys have truly touched my heart in a very big way, and I'm glad to be back, and I'm here for good now, so <laughs> this place is my home. I'd like to hear that. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, man. God bless you. Praise God. Praise God. Is, that's recorded, right? <laughs> we take no precautions. We take every precaution here, yeah. Praise God. He mentions anything about leaving. We're going to play that tape back to him. And he can do it in Jesus' name. What a, what a good, good thing that's happening here tonight in Jesus' name and what God is allowing us to be a partakers of. Let me take just a few minutes tonight, and I'm going to try to help somebody again through God's word. Praise God. All scripture is what? Is inspired by God. Praise God. And it's profitable. What did that word mean? It helps us, praise God. The Word of God isn't your enemy. The Word of God isn't the thing that makes it a bad day for you. The Word of God is there to help you. And remember those four things that we talked about this morning? What was the first one? Yeah, what does that mean? That's what we're supposed to believe, amen. And the, and the Bible is filled with doctrine, amen. So believe that stuff, amen, praise God. And what was the second thing? Reproof, what are we supposed to do with that? Open up your car window and throw it out. That's what you do. Praise God. And then what, what was the next one? Correction. Correction. Praise God. What does that mean? Oh, look at somebody and say, straighten up. Yeah, that's what that meant. Amen. It means straighten up. And that's what God will do. He'll correct us. Praise God. Give us some good posture so that we can be, what's the next one? Instructed in righteousness. Why does God want to do all of this? So that we will become Perfect, so that we'll be complete, praise God. And what's a byproduct of being complete in God? Thoroughly furnished. Oh, you don't even have to go to the furniture stores. God will take care of that for you. He'll even deliver it to your home, in Jesus' name. So don't forget that, praise God. I, um, I'm reading an exciting book that's helping me to hopefully minister a little bit different. It's just a book that's called, um, you know, uh, Teaching to Transform Hearts. And this uh, lady's making a lot of good points in it. And one of the things that she's a firm believer in is getting your audience engaged. And so this morning, that's what I was doing on purpose. I was getting you engaged, praise God. And I got a feeling there's a few of you that aren't going to forget some of this stuff. And this week, you're going to actually use it in Jesus' name. And God's going to give you great victory in Jesus' name. I mean that. His word, I'm going to tell you something, it is forever established in heaven. That's what the Bible says. That's why the devil had to go. Amen. Now he's down here for a while, and one of these days he's going to have to go down here too. That's just the way it is. But God's word is going to live on. 
Amen. It's going to live on. So make a, uh, you know, a commitment to God on a regular basis that, God, I'm going to let your word get deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper in my life. Praise God. And pretty soon what you're going to find is a lot of times when you need a solution, when you need an answer, don't be surprised that a, that a verse of scripture will come up. Praise God. That God will give you the, a, word of, a word from him in Jesus' name. And I mean to tell you, it will mean all the things. Because you can do what God's word says and have tremendous confidence. You always can. Amen. And so that's why Timothy was instructed, praise God, continue and keep doing the stuff that you've been doing. Amen. I went to the doctor here. The insurance company told me I couldn't get any life insurance. Man, if I die, I want my wife to be rich. She wasn't rich while she lived with me, so she might as well be rich after I'm gone, right? Yeah, no, I don't have a whole lot of insurance, but I needed a little, and I just thought, man, we're going to get it, and they turned me down flat. I was surprised. I had a nurse come to our house and everything and prick my, take about four quarts of blood. No, just a little bit of blood. And, man, they, she said, man, you're in good shape, and the stuff came back, and everything looked good, and the insurance company says, you don't want you. And my wife, of course, she don't, you, she's got to have an answer. You know, I'd have just looked for another company, but she kept persistent, and, and she asked him, he said, why can't he have insurance? And the guy just finally, after about six times of asking that, she, he says, well, because he hasn't been to the doctor. Well, he doesn't need to go to the doctor. Well, somebody his age, if they don't go to the doctor, they're usually trying to hide something. I'm not trying to hide a thing here. I'm telling you right now, I'm fully disclosed. So I had to go find me a doctor, and I found me a good one, Dr. Mark. I highly recommend him. He's a good guy. But I'll tell you something. He came into that room, and he checked my hands and chest and took my blood pressure, which normally in the doctor's office, I go up about five or six degrees, you know, and that type of thing. But I was calm as a cucumber. Man, he says, you got a good blood pressure and all that kind of business to have me take my shoes off. Usually I have him take the shoes off because I want to see if he's got webbed feet. Yeah. But he had me take mine off, you know, and he starts feeling my feet. And I said, what are you doing down there? He said, just seeing if you got good circulation. He says, you got good circulation. And he, finally, he looked at me, and he was typing on his typewriter, and he said, man, you're in pretty good shape. I said, thank you. I think I am too, but I said, the insurance company don't believe that. He said, they won't give you insurance. He said, I'll write you a letter. And that's what he did. He, he wrote me a letter. But one thing he told me, and I told you a long story to make this short. He looked at me, and he says, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Now, I don't say that to brag. I just say that, that that's what God will tell you many, many times. You're praying, God will say, keep doing it. You're reading your Bible, keep reading that Bible. Keep coming to church. Keep believing God. Keep lifting those hands, praise God, and giving God the glory. I mean to tell you folks, just keep doing it in Jesus' name. Why don't we do something this year? Let's try to wear God out, okay? Let's try to do that. No, I don't think we're ever going to be able to wear him out. Amen. But you know something? I don't think we can do this enough. I think there's enough Holy Ghost in this place. There's enough anointing in this place. There's enough healing in this place that no matter what needs to be taken care of right here tonight, in Jesus' name, can be taken care of. Come on, why don't you just lift up both of those hands right now? And why don't you claim your miracle? Claim the victory in the name of Jesus. Our God is an awesome God. Oh, yes, He is. You're in an apostolic church. This is where it works. This is where it comes together. This is why we can do it with confidence. Oh, yes, we can. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. 
What a mighty God. What a mighty God. Praise the name of the Lord. In Jesus' name. And so just keep doing what you're doing, praise God, and just have confidence in it. And praise God, God's going to give you the victory, complete victory in Jesus' name. Praise God. Let's go to the Bible, chapter 16 of the book of Matthew, chapter 16. I'm going to try to be fairly concise tonight, but I've got some details or some things that I want to bring across to you tonight, and hopefully this will uh, further help you in Jesus' name. I thank God for the ability to minister according to the ability which the Lord gives me. That's scripture. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to be anybody else. I'm not trying to, you know, get tapes during the week and mimic people and that kind of stuff. No, I'm just trying to read this Bible. Yeah, I listen to a few tapes and study books and stuff like that, but I filter it all through what God has done for me in Jesus' name. And so that's what I'm trying to do. Mark, or I'm sorry, Matthew chapter number 16, good chapter. We understand this is where they got to that revelation. Praise God. Flesh and blood hath and given this to you, Peter, but my Father which is in heaven. Somebody say amen. amen. And there's revelatory power in this place tonight. You need answers, God will give you a revelation in Jesus' name. And of course, we understand that Jesus culminated that aspect by saying, I'm going to give you some keys, which means there's doors that need to be unlocked in Jesus' name. And that's what we do. God gives us the keys to open up those doors in, in, in Jesus' name. And then, of course, that little episode with Peter, you know, Peter kind of got in the flesh, didn't he? Oh, Lord, that isn't the way it's going to happen. And Jesus had to get a little drastic with him and say, no, no, that's of Satan. Amen. And that wasn't uh, such a rebuke to Peter as it was a revelation to us that even as much of the Holy Ghost as we got, even as much of praise and worship that we do, we can sometimes get carnal. We can sometimes look for an easy way. We can sometimes miss what God wants to do in our lives on a regular basis. And I don't know about you, but I'm working on that one. Amen. I don't want to... I don't want to be at the, you know, um, um, you know, at the ship dock when the bus comes in. I want to be exactly where God wants me to be in Jesus' name. And I believe that's, that's possible. I believe we can get so specific, praise God, that on a daily basis, God can lead us to somebody every day, praise God, that we can plant seeds in, in Jesus' name. But here's what I want you to see. The Bible says in verse number, um, um, uh, verse number 24, the scripture says here, and I've used this text to launch from time to time, then said Jesus unto his disciples, praise God. Look at somebody and say, I'm a disciple. Yeah, I know you are. Amen. That's kind of an automatic thing when you come into this church. We just sign you up without your permission. I'm just telling you, we're going we're gonna to let you be a disciple and, and we're going to urge you and we're going to do all of those kind of things, praise God. And then sooner or later down the road when you accept it, then we'll ask you, do you want to be a disciple? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But discipleship is good. But listen to this. Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. And we're working on that. That's one that's hard in this culture. And then he says, and take up his cross and follow me. The one that I want to kind of emphasize tonight is take up the cross. You know, for years I've wondered about that because, listen to me folks, I'm glad for the redemptive cross. 
Amen. I am. I'm glad that, that, that God in his plan, in his, in his, in his way of doing things, the, the son of God was crucified from the foundation of the world. God knew where he was going. He knew exactly what it was going to take. And you've heard me teach, in, you know, in times past that, you know, um, the Old Testament doesn't technically end at the book of Malachi. It doesn't. Amen. You're still dealing with a lot of Old Testament stuff in those Gospels. Jesus came to fulfill that. But I'm going to tell you something, because the Scripture teaches us that in order for a testament to be transferred or to be, to be um, into a new one, that there had to be the death of a testator. Praise God. And so we talked about a little bit of that last night when we were filling out our wills and stuff like that, you know. But the bottom line is Jesus Christ became that testator. He died on that cross. And that's why the New Testament began when Jesus died in its fullness. It really did. I understand Jesus was, was preparing, and that's what he does. He prepares us, you know, a lot of times for what's coming down the road. And sometimes that actually takes a lot more time than what actually God wants to do. But that's why we must let him do that, praise God. I've watched painters in years past where they've come into a room and there's been a few windows in it and stuff like that. And it's amazing because I've done the same thing where it takes me about three times as long to do the trim and, and to do around the edges and stuff like that. Then hand me one of those rollers. Yeah. Praise God. I'm telling you, I can get to work. I can paint this whole room, praise God, in about a half an hour. Right. Amen. But it took me about three and a half to four hours to get all of the edging done. Well, a lot of times that's what God is doing in your life. He's getting all those edges all in place. And then all of a sudden you'll get up some morning and it'll be a paint roller day. <laughs> Come on, we're going to get the room done, praise God. We're going to make some accomplishments today. And doesn't it feel good to go to bed at night like that? Well, just remember that. File that, that probably you're going to have a, a similar process down the road where you're going to have to do something. There's going to be some prep work that you're going to have to, you know, take care of. And, and the same process will happen over and over and over again, praise God. But cross, what does that mean for us? And that's really what we need to dig out of this scripture because hopefully everybody in this place understands the redemptive cross. Hopefully you do. Hopefully there's no argument that there's no, you know, I wonder what that is. And we understand that, that the precious blood of Jesus Christ was shed so that you and I would have the opportunity to have all of our sins washed away. That's the redemptive cross. That's what only Jesus could do. But what are, what's, our, what's our end of this? What is God expecting from us? Well, let me give you some ideas here tonight. I'm going to give you five of them, praise God. And this isn't, I didn't make this up. I got this the other day, and I thought this was really good, and I just want to pass it on to you, praise God. Amen. Pick up my cross. What cross am I supposed to pick up? Well, let's talk about cross number one. And I believe the, the cross that you and I need to pick up from time to time is the cross of compassion. Amen. Compassion. Let me read this to you, praise God. Compassion is having a feeling of deep sympathy and sorrow for another who is stricken with misfortune. And it is accompanied by a strong desire to alleviate or to help the suffering. That's really what compassion is all about. Amen. It's recognizing that somebody's suffering, praise God. And I would like to help that. I would like to help somebody in, 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 in that realm, praise God. And I believe that sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes God will give us things to do, 
praise God, that will put our compassion to work, praise God. Let me give you one example, and then I'll move on tonight. Probably one of the, uh, the best, one of the better examples in Scripture for this is found in the 10th chapter of the Gospel of Luke, praise God. And most of you will recognize, you know, the Good Samaritan. Amen. I won't read that entire story, but it's a good story to remind ourselves of because next time you go through that or the next time you read that, mark or write down the word compassion. That's what that man had. Amen. He had compassion and compassion that wanted to do something about the dilemma that that person was in. And so consider that. I'm not saying every day, but I believe that there's times when God will move upon us. And probably most on the most part, it will be be very inconvenient. It'll probably cause us not to be able to, to be late somewhere or not to be able to go someplace on time or whatever the case is. But if we can allow that cross of compassion to come upon us, praise God. I believe we can begin to make a a, a difference in this world, praise God. And I believe that God wants us to understand that if we really want to be his disciple, come on, how many really want to be a disciple of Jesus? So do I. I really do. I want to be a better disciple, praise God. I got to learn how to deny myself and pick up my cross, not the redemptive cross, but the cross that Jesus Christ says, you can pick that up. You remember, I know many of you probably heard the story uh, that, that really illustrates this, how there was a guy that was carrying a cross and, and he was having difficulty, you know, and, he, and the story is told, and it's a fictional story, where, where he went up to heaven and he had this cross and, and he goes into this room where Jesus is sitting and he says, Jesus, this cross is just too heavy for me. I, I'd like you to, could I trade it in? And Jesus looked at the man and said, you know, he said, I'll tell you what, we'll do that. He says, you go into this other room over here. And he said, there's a room full of crosses. And if you find one that you think you can handle, have at it. And the man went into that room. And you know how the story went. All kinds of crosses. And he saw big ones, you know, and he saw kind of small ones. And he was taking his time because, you know, he wanted to make a good trade, right? Well, he finally looks over at the side of the room there before where he went in. And he saw this real small cross. And he thought... I can handle that. And so he picks up that cross and he comes out the room to Jesus and Jesus kind of looks at him real funny and he says, you know, um, um, and the guy says, this is the one. I think this is the one I can handle. And Jesus said, are you sure? And he said, yeah, I can handle this. And Jesus said, "Are are you really sure? And the guy, of course, was getting a little irritated, but he said, I can handle this one. Well, Jesus looked at him and said, that's the one you put down. And I'm telling you, folks, that's a lot of what it is. It's not that you can't. we got to learn the word won't isn't very good. And so this is what we must understand, that the cross of compassion will come upon us. Read the story, praise God. I won't belabor it tonight, but take that 10th chapter of the book of, um, of, of, of Luke and verses 25 through 37. That's the story of the Good Samaritan. Reacquaint yourself with it. It's a good story, praise God. It will help us to understand what compassion in action is really all about. But let me get to cross number two, praise God. Cross number two is one that you and I need to pick up on a regular basis, and that is the cross that will help us to resist evil and wrong. 
Amen. Several times in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus makes reference to the fact that it was written. And then he would quote the law. That's what he did. In fact, in, in Matthew chapter number 5, I believe it is, in verse number 38, he says, You have heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. But then Jesus, in these times, he would say this. He said, but I say unto you that ye resist not evil. He was saying when you have that kind of an attitude where you want to get even with people, you're not resisting evil. In fact, a lot of times you're playing right into it. That's why we have to be careful, praise God, with that kind of an attitude. That our job in this world is not to get even with people. Amen. Jesus told the story about, you know, um, and it was really, really um, applicable at that time. He said, if somebody asks you to go one mile, what did he tell him to do? Yeah, I'm telling you something. Jesus always upped the ante in Jesus' name. And so you and I, we must understand, praise God, that resisting evil and doing what is right instead of what is wrong is actually a cross that you and I must bear. And again, it's a cross that you and I can handle. Now again, I'm going to give you lots of homework tonight. If you want a good story that really puts this into action, it's the story of Joseph in the Old Testament. Remember that guy who got man treated like dirt with his brothers, threw him in a well, sold him off? You know, I mean to tell you folks, those guys were, were, were not just mean. They were horrible to him. But you know something? Joseph, through the help of God, was able to keep a good attitude. And I believe what he did was he resisted the urge. Because you can't tell me he didn't have the urge. Come on, and especially when he came into his position. I'm telling you something, folks. He had the goods. He had, oh, he had, had the advantage. But the Bible says that, that he, he learned something. He learned that God was in that awful stuff. And that God had sent him ahead, praise God, to preserve that family. What a revelation. And in my opinion, one of the things that you can expect if you'll start carrying that cross of resisting evil and doing what's right is God will give you a revelation. You'll begin to see things the way God sees them. And I'm going to tell you something, praise God. This world is going to be, is going to be greatly affected. Can you say amen? Come on, let's lift our hands right now. And let's ask God to help us to bear our crosses. Can we do that? Come on, let's ask Him to help us. He's wanting to do that. There's probably a few of you in this room tonight that you want to go into that room and put yours down and get a smaller one. But I'm here to tell you, praise God, you probably got the one that fits just perfectly right now. Mm, hallelujah. I'm telling you, God is great in Jesus' name. He is great, and He's greatly to be praised. Come on, He doesn't give us any more than we can handle. He doesn't. Come on, don't let some lying spirit tell you that God's loading you down. It's the world that's loading you down. Come on, it's what, that's what's doing it. God's being easy on you in comparison. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Let me press on here. Praise God. Um, number three, the, number thir the third cross that I want you to think about carrying is just a very simple one. It's, it's the cross of obedience. Just make up your mind that when, when, not if, as God, and when, as God, shows you things in the Word, pick up that cross of obedience. 
Don't listen to the naysayers. Don't listen to the folks out there that want to want to deceive you and 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 in thinking there's an easier way to serve God. Come on, folks. There's only one way. Praise God. Jesus illustrated this many times when he taught. He would give us both ends of the bookend. He would say, "Hey, there's a foolish, and then there's a wise. How many here want to be the foolish?" Neither do I. I want to be the wise one. Well, in order to do that, I've got to be, I've got to do it God's way. I've got to learn to pick up the cross that God wants me to pick up. Because a lot of times it's in carrying that cross that God's going to get a point across to me. He's going to really emphasize something in my life, praise God, that maybe wasn't emphasized before. Come on, can somebody say amen? I'm telling you folks, this is what God wants from us. He's building up his church, praise God, in the name of Jesus. A good chapter, I told you I was going to give you plenty of homework. A good chapter that you can read in regards to this is found in the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 28. Read the entire chapter, praise God. I'm here to tell you that God, praise God, he wanted to really bless the nation of Israel. But he lined it out. And one of the things that he stipulated to them that you're going to have to learn to obey me. That's what he said. Let me read from the 8th chapter of that book and just real quickly here. And let me emphasize it too. The Bible says in verse, cha- verse number 1 of chapter 8 of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 8 and 1. It says, All the commandments which I command thee this day shall, shall ye observe... Uh, It says that ye may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers. Now I understand we're talking about a physical land when that was first written. But I'm telling you right now, we're dealing with a spiritual land that God wants us to to live in. Praise God. Whatsoever a man sows, that's what he's going to reap. Paul told us if you sow to the Spirit, you're going to reap everlasting life in the name of Jesus. And that's what you and I find ourselves needing to do on a regular basis. Is just keep sowing that seed to the Spirit. Praise God. I'm telling you right now, and that comes in a package that comes with a cross that says, when God, you tell me to do it in the word, I'm going to do it in Jesus name. Come on, folks. And I'll tell you one thing. What I'm trying to learn to do is not grumble about it. Come on. I want to do it willingly. I want to do it with gratitude. Praise God. And God can help me to do that in Jesus' name. And that's why he said, And thou shalt remember, verse 2, all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness. What did he do? He humbled thee. And he says, And to prove thee to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. I'm telling you right now, God's going to still do that with you and I. And a lot of it's going to really be determined on the willingness to pick up that cross and say, I don't care if nobody else in this workplace will do it. I'll do it, God. I don't care if anybody else, praise God, in my family, praise God, comes to the Lord. I hope they do. But no matter if they don't, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to serve you, God. I'm going to do what you want me to do. Listen to me, folks. I'm talking about a real cross. Amen. And God wants us to learn how to bear that cross. And I believe the cross of obedience, praise God, is one of them that can really, really begin to sure some things up in our lives. Amen. Number four, the fourth cross, praise God, that we have to learn to carry, praise God, is the cross of submission. And you understand that submission is when you agree with God. A lot of times it'll come in a package when you don't understand what he's doing. 
Amen. And I'll tell you what, what a big one is, is you're going to want to quit. What's the use? I don't see anything happening here. And I'm going to tell you something, the urge to say, man, I'm just going to take a day off. Listen, don't do that. You learn to submit yourself to God. I'm telling you right now, God's got a, got a tremendous, tremendous thing that he wants to do. In fact, God not only wants us to submit to him, Listen to what the scripture says. The scripture says in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 21, he tells us to submit ourselves one to another in the fear of God. And we learned this morning that fear isn't being scared of God, isn't it? Fear is being in reverence to God, is in being in awe to God. Come on, the fear that, that the devil will bring into your life will make you scared and it'll bring all kinds of depression and stuff with it. But the fear of the Lord will strengthen you in Jesus' name. You will respect Him. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. That one is going to be powerful in Jesus' name. Listen to the scripture. I'll give you one more. Look at in the, in the New Testament, in the book of Peter. The book of Peter, 1 Peter, chapter number 5. Let me show you something here. The Bible says in chapter 5 of 1 Peter and verse number 5. It says, likewise ye younger. That's me. He's talking to me. Okay, just so you know. Okay, that's, that's my verse. Okay, the Bible says, likewise ye younger, submit yourself unto the elder. It says, yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. Do you see what comes with submission? God will give you a new coat. I'm telling you, he'll give you a coat of humility, praise God, that you can put on. And that will keep away the real cold weather, believe me. And then it says, for God resisteth the proud. That's what I don't want to be. I don't want to be somebody that resists God. But he gives grace to the humble. That's what God will do. And that's why by picking up our cross, the one that God has for us, and being submissive to God and submissive to one another, I'm telling you, folks, it has all kinds of byproducts with it. And so think about this. Do that homework. Read those chapters, praise God, in the name of Jesus. One last cross I want to give to you tonight, and I'm sure there's probably more, but I think these five will give us a good, good, good start in Jesus' name. The fifth cross I want to talk about tonight is servitude. I wish all of you could have been there this morning, but this morning we had a reorganization of our children's ministry and, and we're kind of going through some things here that we need to change and do and do differently and that type of thing. But Sister Carnahan, how many did you count there? Did you do a count? Uh, people that were in the back. Yeah. 18. We had 18 people that said they want to be a help. Now, I don't know about you, but to a pastor... I can live off that one for about a month. I'm serious. And people were coming and they said they want to be a help in Jesus' name. I told them I've been reading this book on, on teaching to transform hearts. And it's been an eye-opener for me. And this lady, and some of you, you've heard this this morning, but she, she, the person who wrote this book, she said at the beginning of the year, she interviewed a pastor's wife who was um, uh, out east someplace. I'm not, I'm not quite sure what the city is, but I've heard of the, heard of that, the couple. And she was interviewing them, and they've got a pretty uh, uh, thriving church out there, and they're making headway in their community and stuff like that that. But one of the things that they've been able to do in that church is keep their 20 to 30 year olds. And I don't know if, you, if you're into statistics, but it's an alarming statistic, the amount of people that leave the church when they get out, of, out from underneath their, their mom and dad's wings. It really is. And it's something we need to be praying about, praise God. 
But she was asking this woman, how are you able to retain these people? How are you able to, to keep a lot of these people? And she said, you know, she said, we do a lot of things, and she mentioned several of them. But one of the things that this lady mentioned, she says, in their church, when their kids reach the age of 12. Now, we got any 12-year-olds in here? Right there. You're going to be 12. Stand up. That's Titus, right here. Anybody else? 12? Yeah. Look at this. These 12-year-olds. You guys can be seated. I know I've embarrassed you enough. But the bottom line is, she said, when they get to be 12 years of age, they purposely and intentionally get these children involved in servitude. They get them doing something in the church that is beneficial for somebody else. And believe me, folks, that's what real servitude is. My, I've told my wife, and she's told me, she said, you really know how, never know how people feel about servitude until you start treating them like one. You find out in a hurry, man, whether they like that plan or not. But the bottom line is, folks, servitude is what will help keep us in the house of God. Now, it's not the only thing. I understand that there's a lot of other things that need to come into the equation. But believe me, I believe that servitude can really be a mainstay. And I want to put you all on notice. I believe that every person who comes to this church, praise God, that God wants to use them in that capacity. I'm telling you the truth, praise God. God wants to really begin to emphasize that in your life. Let me give you just a, a, a couple of verses of Scripture, and then I'm done. And then you ladies, you can come up and, and, and unplug me, okay? But look at Matthew. Look at Matthew chapter number 20, I believe it is. Matthew chapter number 20. And let me show you something here. And I know you've, some of you or most of you have heard this before, but let me emphasize this before I quit tonight in Jesus' name. Jesus, of course, who was the master teacher, he could, he could take any situation, praise God, and begin to do something. Bible says in 20 and 20, that should be easy to remember, 2020. It says, Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons, worshiping him and desiring a certain thing of him. Sounds pretty harmless, doesn't it? Jesus, I want you to do something for my kids. And then the Bible says, he said unto her, or he, he said, what would you want or what wilt thou? And she said unto him, grant that these, my two sons, may sit the one on thy, on thy right hand and the other on thy left in thy kingdom. And Jesus in verse 22 said, you know not what you ask. He says, are you able to drink the cup that I shall drink of and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And they said unto him, yeah, we can do that. And then he said unto them, ye shall drink indeed of my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared of my father. Now a tremendous principle there. But you understand in a crowd of people, that one's going to get people ticked. That one's going to get people thinking, who do they think they are? You know? And so Jesus didn't stop there. And here's what I want you to see. The Bible says, when the ten heard it, they were moved with indignation against the two brethren. But Jesus called them into, unto him and said, you know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them. They're the bosses. They're the ones that like to think they're the boss all the time. 
And they are they that are great exercise authority upon them. But just like the fifth chapter of, of the book of Matthew, he said, this ain't the way it's going to be. Kind of like when he said, it is written, but now I'm telling you. It's kind of one of those situations. And what is he telling them? He's saying, but whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. I was telling somebody at the men's meeting yesterday that the word minister in our culture is a noun. It's a title. It's something that people want to put on their door. But in the Bible, folks, it's a verb. A minister is someone who ministers. And that's what Jesus is saying. If you want to be great in the kingdom of God, take up the cross of servitude. Learn to pick up that cross and walk with it, no matter who else is. Now listen to me, I want to caution somebody right now. There's going to be a real temptation for you to look around and see if somebody else is doing it first. And I'm going to tell you something, you really make a mistake when you do that. If God's speaking to you, which I believe He will be speaking to you, you do it because He told you to. Because He's the one that, that, that gave you the suggestion. And this is where we need to go with these crosses is that God, I told you this morning, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. What does that mean? It means that if God is telling you to do something, it's inspired from him. The devil would never tell you to pray for somebody. The devil would never tell you to witness to somebody. The devil would never tell you to ask somebody to have a home Bible study so you can lead them in the truth. Come on, folks, that's a no-brainer. We understand that's God dealing with us about ministering to other people. Amen. And so this is why this idea of servitude is such an important thing. And then Jesus said in verse 27, And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. So we understand they're interchangeable. Minister, servant, interchangeable there. And that's what you and I must understand, is that God has handpicked us. He has picked us to pick up these crosses, praise God. Come on, I'm talking about crosses that can make a huge difference in your life, praise God. I'm talking about a cross like, like, like the cross of, of, uh, um, of compassion, uh, like the cross that will really resist evil and do what's right. A cross that will obey no matter, no, no matter who else is doing it. A cross that will be submissive to God, whether we understand all that he's doing or not. And last of all, a cross, praise God, that will get involved in servitude. That will say, hey, let me do it, praise God. Amen. That's what God wants to do. And it begins, praise God, with us realizing that the redemptive cross has already been taken care of. Amen, amen, amen. We sing that song, give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks. Why? For He has given His own life. For you and me, let's give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks, be He has given 
his own life for us. What can happen? And now let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich because of what the Lord has done for us. Once again, and now, come on, you're the greatest choir. The rich say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich because of what the Lord has done for us. Give thanks. What do you say we sing it once again? You're doing great. You're the choir tonight. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks for He has given His own life. Oh, for us, let's give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks, for He has given His own life for us. Yes, and now... Let's let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich because of what the Lord has done for us. Oh, and now let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich because of what the Lord has done for us. Give thanks. Come on, the next time God invites you to take a cross, why don't you think about giving thanks? Why don't you think about saying thanks for the privilege, God? Oh, come on. Come on, let's give him praise. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Oh, for what he has done, what he continues to do in the name of Jesus. Why don't you reach over to somebody right now and let's be a servant. Let's minister. Let's be a servant. Let's minister to somebody right now. Don't pray for yourself. Pray for somebody else. It'd be great if it wasn't even a family member. I'm telling you right now, praise God. Minister to one another in the name of Jesus. This is a good way to pick up that cross in Jesus' name. Oh, yes, Lord God. Yes, help me to go out of my way, Lord God. 
Help me, Lord Jesus, to have more compassion by picking up the cross of compassion. Help me, Lord God, to resist evil and to do what's right, Lord God. I know that, Lord God. Help me to pick up that cross in the name of Jesus. Help me, Lord God, right now in the name of Jesus to be obedient, Lord, to do what you tell me to do, not with a disgruntled heart, but with thanksgiving in the name of Jesus. Help me now, Lord God, to be submissive, Lord Jesus, to do it, Lord God, as unto the Lord in Jesus' name. And then, Lord God, help me to be a servant. Help me to be a help. Help me, Lord God, to do whatever I can do. Help me to minister according to the ability which the Lord giveth in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for this church. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit in the name of Jesus. I give you the praise and the glory and all the credit in Jesus' name. He's our God. He's our mighty God. Come on, let's worship him. Let's praise him.